0: Welcome to the Neuropathy Support Group and Podcast. I'm Chris, and I'm so glad you tuned in. It's my hope with this podcast to help all of us gather information that might help those that need support dealing with this debilitating issue. Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Before we get started, let's get the formalities out of the way with a medical and privacy disclaimer. I am not a doctor or medical professional. The information on this podcast is from personal experiences and is meant for group support. Additionally, the information discussed is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure any underlying conditions associated with neuropathy. All names here within are private and will not be shared with any outside sources. Please consult your healthcare provider before making any health decisions. If you have medical concerns or an immediate emergency, please contact your doctor or dial 911. Well hello my friends, I hope you all had a great weekend. This episode here is gonna be episode 18 and we're gonna discuss today neuropathy and mental illness. This is a episode that's true to my heart and the reason is is because I have mental issues, and I have neuropathy. So we're gonna talk about both of them and how one affects the other. Again, I'm so glad you joined me here, neuropathy support group and podcast. So let's get started. Now this can be a touchy subject, so I'm gonna tread lightly. Again, if you have any of these issues, you wanna contact your doctor immediately. Also, I'm gonna post and I'm gonna tell you the uh, number to the suicide hotline and Again, you want to call 911. Now this one, uh, this article comes from the Neuropathy Journal, and I'll post it also on my uh, Facebook page, but it's by a, a Dr. Scott Berman. There is a strong overlap between neuropathy pain, anxiety, and depression. Each of these three can raise the risk for having the other two. 30 to 60% of patients with chronic pain develop feelings of depression and anxiety pain and depression occur 30 to 50 percent of the time and each can cause the other. So let's talk about anxiety. Anxiety is to be expected in the face of being diagnosed with chronic illness. Anxiety can take many forms. There, There is a difference between anxiety and chronic anxiety and there may be specific worries about the illness such as fear of relapse or worsening, fear of disability, fear of isolation, fear of stigma, and fear of pain. There is no r- real reason to suffer from chronic anxiety. There are very good treatments out there, and that includes psychotherapy, also behavior therapy, and relaxation training, which includes breathing exercises and progressive muscle relaxation. Mindfulness-based stress reduction combines an aspects of med- meditation and yoga. It is usually done in an eight-week group format, although some people are offering online courses. Also, you can find spiritual and faith-based help, exercise, massage, and yoga. It tends to release those endorphins, and that's where you know a lot of this comes from also, and it helps. Some of the medical treatments I really don't want to get into. I'll just tell you the ones I take. Uh, Paxil's one, and I also take hydroxazine and that seems to help me with my anxiety. Now we move on to depression. Is depression really, is it mental or physical? Is it psychological, neurological, or medical? Are the symptoms really caused by your mind? Why these changes are a sure sign of people who are not up to date about the mind-brain-body connection? Why treating depression is often ignored? The patient unaware that he or she suffers from depression. The patient is embarrassed to ask for help. The physician fails to make the diagnosis. The physician fails to treat the depression or under treats it. The patient is embarrassed to go to a psychiatrist. The patient's doctor or family is embarrassed to talk about psychiatric care with the patient. And the patient is afraid that the doctors think their neurological symptoms are all in their head. Who hasn't had those issues before? I've had several of those different issues right there, especially with the family. You know, it's hard for them to think that, you know, there's no such thing as being depressed or having anxiety or being bipolar. You just can't convince them. So why even try? That's what I gave up on. I mean, it's even with my neuropathy, it's the same kind of deal. You know, why worry about what other people think. They're never gonna get it. And the only way that they would understand it is they have to go through what you go through for just one day. So I'm gonna go over the symptoms of depression, which we all should know about already. Persistent depressed mood or loss of pleasure in previously enjoyable activities, sleep changes, loss of interest, feeling of guilt or worthlessness, low energy, poor concentration, appetite, and also the suicidal thoughts or plans. In neuropathy, sleep changes, low energy, poor concentration is common, but having five out of nine symptoms above should trigger an evaluation for depression from your doctor. Depression is treatable in the face of virtually every known physical disease, including cancer and AIDS. So you should expect to be able to have your depression treated with good responses. The best treatment for uh, depression is a combination of psychotherapy and medications. Some people prefer therapy or counseling without medication because they already feel over Other people feel so bad, they can't even talk in therapy and do better when started on medications. Antidepressants. So those consist of Prozac, Lexapro, and Zoloft. Also, you have your SNRIs, which is Effexor or Cymbalta. In my case, I take plenty and maybe too many of those psych drugs, but it helps me get through the day and helps me overcome any anxiety or depression that I have somewhat, that I'm able to at least live a good enough life, not having to have to deal with that, that much. So here's some self-management strategies that you could probably use. Used in many chronic illnesses with very positive results. Now this is talking about self-management. It can reduce disabilities and improve psychological well-being. It can help with with fear and avoidance. And then you have your online disease management programs. One thing it does say here is you want to avoid the extremes. Such as you can tough it out with too little help or be too independent and isolate yourself. You can push yourself to the limit and risk getting sicker or you can do too little or be more invalid than necessary. And you can be angry about your illness and then bitter. Or you can focus only on counting your blessings and risk being self-delusional. They have some things listed under self-advocacy. Keep up to date. Keep routine health care up to date. Quickly and aggressively treat any other condition. Remember, just because you have neuropathy doesn't mean you can't get other illnesses or other issues, such as myself. Like I said, I have both neuropathy and depression and anxiety. And it all comes, and I feel, works together all in one in the same. So let's go uh, dwell in this a little deeper. And let's talk about anxiety and what it could do to your nerves if it can, if it does anything. While anxiety and stress can play into neuropathy, they can't actually damage your nerves. This means that stress isn't a root cause of neuropathy. Even if you're incredibly stressed every day for months, that by itself won't cause damage to your nerves. Now we're only talking about your nerves. However, that doesn't mean stress won't play a part In the symptoms of your neuropathy. Anxiety and stress do affect the body in many different ways. A few of the most obvious symptoms of stress include numbness, burning, tingling, and pain or discomfort when moving. These symptoms are very similar to what you feel with neuropathy. That's why it is very easy to think you have neuropathy when you actually don't. If you assume that that's what you're dealing with, and never confirm with your doctor, you won't be able to address the actual problem, your stress. So you want to find out if it is stress or um, nerve pain. Studies have also provided evidence that anxiety and nerve firings are related. Specifically, researchers believe that high high anxiety may cause nerve firing to occur more often. This can make you feel tingling, burning, and other sensations that are also associated with nerve damage and neuropathy. Anxiety may also cause muscles to cramp up, which can also be related to nerve damage. Anxiety can make you hyperventilate. When you do, it makes the blood vessels in the body constrict. This reduces the amount of blood flow to your lower legs and arms. That in turn can cause burning, tingling and other sensations similar to what you would experience with neuropathy. When you're dealing with anxiety and believe you may have peripheral neuropathy, you may be more aware of your body. You're always checking for signs of neuropathy, and every odd muscle twitch or odd sensation is noticeable. This overawareness can actually make more difficult to move naturally. You're always taking stock of your body, so you notice more oddities. You also pay more attention to things you'd probably do without thinking, such as walking or reaching out for something. This can make those movements more difficult or move or more awkward. This in turn spikes your anxiety because the movement feels off. The worse your anxiety gets, the more you'll experience symptoms similar to neuropathy. So finally, what it says is if you believe you have neuropathy, don't try to treat it on your own. Instead, you need to get a diagnosis. There are several conclusive methods that will tell you if you truly do have neuropathy or if the symptoms you're feeling are caused by something like anxiety. We all know about the, um, uses of electric stimulation. I've had that done three times, but that will show if there's something affecting your nerves. If you haven't had any injuries that could have caused nerve damage, this test can be used to determine if there's another medical condition affecting your body that you don't know about. MRIs can be used also to look for physical damage. These scans can determine if your nerves are under pressure from misaligned bones or have been uh, crushed from pressure and that's what I have in my back right now. Often surgery is required to relieve this pressure which is one thing that I've chosen that I won't be doing. So if you believe you're dealing with neuropathy, but you aren't sure what's causing it, contact your doctor immediately or make an appointment to see him. That way he can make the determination, send you to some specialist and see what is actually going on with you. But with myself, I was diagnosed first with my um, mental issues and then came the onset of neuropathy after that So finally, let me finish this off here with some skills for coping with uh, neuropathy that might help you. And this is from the journals that I always get everything from and I'll make sure I post it on my Facebook page. But uh, living with chronic pain or disability presents daily challenges. Here's some suggestions for you guys. Set priorities. Decide which tasks you need to do on a given day, such as paying the bills or shopping for groceries, and which can wait until another time. Stay active, but don't overdo it. That's one thing that I've um, pretty much have come to is disordering everything online, either from Walmart or the, the store down the street. I just order everything online and have it sent to me. Accepting it and acknowledgement. Accept and acknowledge the negative aspects of the illness, but then move forward to become more positive to find what works best for you. Find the positive aspects of the disorder. Of course, you're thinking there is nothing positive about neuropathy. Perhaps your outlook can help increase sympathy. Encourage encourage you to maintain a balanced schedule or maintaining a healthier lifestyle. Get, in that, get out of the house once in a while. When you have severe pain, it's natural to want to be alone. But this only makes it easier to focus on your pain. Instead, visit a pr- friend, go to a movie, or take a walk. Get moving. Develop an exercise program that works for you to maintain your optimal fitness. It gives you something you can control and provides so many benefits to your physical and emotional well-being. Seek and accept support. It isn't a sign of weakness to ask for or accept help when you need it. In addition to support from family and friends, consider joining a chronic pain support group. Although support groups aren't for everyone, they can be good places to hear about coping techniques or treatments that have worked for others. You'll also meet people who understand what you're going through. Prepare for challenging situations. If, If something especially stressful is coming up in your life, such as a move or a new job, knowing what you have to do ahead of time can help you cope. Talk to a counselor or a therapist. Insomnia, depression, are possible complications of neuropathy. If you experience any of these, you may find it helpful to talk to a counselor or therapist in addition to your primary care doctor. These are treatments that can help. Finally, take the time to visualize a peaceful and restful place. Close your eyes and imagine a place or activity that is calming and peaceful for you. Concentrate on how relaxed this place or activity makes you feel. This is one thing that I do at night, and it, I feel this peaceful, is some patients find comfort from a pillow between their legs that keeps their knees from touching. And there's an uh, added benefit to that. A pillow between the legs at night will prevent your upper leg from pulling your spine out of alignment and reduces stress on your hips and lower back. It may take up to three to four weeks of trying these techniques before you, before you begin to see an improvement in your sleep. But during the first two weeks your sleep may actually worsen before it improves but improved sleep may lead to less pain intensity and an improved mood. Well I hope I gave you enough information on this episode like I said I'll make sure everything gets put on my Facebook page and I'll give you all the information nobody said it's gonna be easy it is gonna be hard and These last three or four days has been really hard for me, but I keep moving forward. One thing that keeps me going forward is this podcast. I want to try to get as much information out to you guys that will help in some way make your life better. But if you feel you are having problems and it's getting hard for you to deal with, here's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline for you. It's 1-800-273-8255. As we come to a close, it's my hope this podcast and other sources, such as product reviews that I have discussed today, can better our lives and give us some relief dealing with neuropathy. This episode plus others are posted every Monday on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. And finally, whatever life throws at you, even if it hurts you, just be strong and fight through it. Remember, strong walls shake, but never collapse. Talk to you next Monday.